tuning in. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Monday night edition. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. With you in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And I'm the Warner Sister Dot. No, I'm nobody, actually. (laughs) Sometimes nobody can be somebody, unless somebody doesn't want to be nobody. Indeed. Well, why would somebody want to be nobody? I'm already doing that. <laughs> right. But would nobody... So it's completely unnecessary for somebody else to be nobody. Would nobody ever want to be somebody, though? Um, I could have been a contender. <laughs> <laughs> I think nobody is going to be a contender coming up here in the uh, gubernatorial Gubernatorial primary. election. I, I, I'm with you. Nobody I hope so. I, that word. I agree with your contention. <laughs> well, I mean, you've uh, you didn't get to speak this weekend at the protest yeah. that happened, uh, but that was just because you really weren't feeling it. Yeah, it wasn't. It just wasn't my day to do that, mm-hmm. and I'd rather just not say anything than go up and give a bad speech yeah, or be yeah. lame. And you know what I like about that? Like, I distrust well politicians in general, and what I always tell people to watch out for is the teleprompters. Because anytime you no. see anybody giving a speech from a teleprompter, you know that it is laced with the highest quality BS. You know, uh, they've, yeah, they've got you know yeah. the the you know presidential level politicians have executive chef level BS writers who sure. put their speeches together for them. And so, if you can't speak about whatever it is you're there to speak about off the cuff, that means bad you're, sign. Yeah, it's a it's a bad sign. You're either not knowledgeable mm. enough about it to speak, or you're not comfortable enough, or you know you're being directed by you know, and that then it just means you're a I, puppet. You know, I don't know at the national level, given the level of of trouble you get for a misstatement i would be very hesitant to speak without notes or or something to uh well, you know if you I don't don't know. haters you're not doing I mean, it right well it's true of course you know i wouldn't want anything on a teleprompter that i hadn't written but uh there is something to be said for if you're giving a prepared speech for having your preparation available to you in case yeah. of brain farts yeah, I mean, I guess. But the guys who actually use teleprompters in, in their speeches, I mean, I would say that, yeah, they're not writing their own stuff. It's not a matter of what they think and feel. It's a matter of what the opinion polls told them. But nobody tells the truth. That is that is a scientific fact. So um, I brought a whole bunch of stuff. We probably have too much stuff to uh, get into all of it tonight. But I just want to mention some of the headlines uh, the 1930s depression was great, but this one might be greater. Uh, Yay! That's an article from Stanford Business. Uh, we, we could talk more about that. That's great. Uh, as a musician, <laughs> I've got a couple of music-related uh, stories that we can talk about tonight if we uh, have time and the oomph to do so. Uh, you know, since the coronavirus and the government-mandated lockdowns and closings of businesses, one of my favorite things to do in the world, which of course is music, uh, has been wiped off the map. Live music, performance art of any kind, really, including movies and that thing, has just except running for governor with a strange name. Well, okay, that's performance art. That is performance art. You well, you know, correct. Captain, I think that uh, should someone want to go to uh, downtown Keene and do some live music, I think that would be welcome. 
I think that would too. Uh, so some I got you back. In. I would welcome. We can in. bring in a militia to. to I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody in uh, not the USA has begun something called a drive-in concert. So imagine like a drive-in movie theater, except instead of having a, a crowd of people, you've got a crowd of cars. Yeah, but do you get a, the speakers to put in your car, or do they, they play it over you, FM radio? So they, they have a, a short-distance FM broadcaster, so you just tune in I never car underst- radio. I, I guess they don't do that at drive-in theaters, because they were worried about people not paying. But yeah, And we could talk more about that. I've also got... Uh, recession-proof industry, uh, you know, I spent 20 years in Seattle. There's uh, an alehouse called Pyramid Brewing. They were one of the, you know, big microbrews, one that grew big. And now uh, they're ailing? Uh, they're, well, <laughs> no, they're dead now. Oh, Coronavirus God. has killed That's them. That's really sick. Uh, this particular location is across the street from both of the sports arenas uh, in downtown Seattle. And really? it literally depends on people coming in before and after sports events sure. and all the other types and, of events and that go on. What do you on. want to bet the rich bastards who own those uh, sports arenas are getting some government money so they don't have to shut those oh, down? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. But, well, they but, already got government money to open them in the first place, so it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, may we've, the fleas of a thousand camels find their tents. And we've heard you know, little rumblings here and there about, you know, oh, this restaurant belly. won't open back up. <laughs> Thanks. Like this restaurant won't open back up. They're closed. Per, you know, little smaller mom and pops. Yeah. But this was a one of the larger microbrews in Seattle has closed its doors permanently. So I thought that was significant mm-hmm. that a big city has had, um, you know, a major brewery, you know, shut down. So although if you're large and you're a microbrewery, is that a problem? Like, do you eventually get too big to be a microbrewery anymore? I believe they did get bought by uh-huh. you know a larger brewery, but then they were allowed to sort of just maintain their size. Oh, so whatever, okay. whatever they grew to, they they weren't going to grow any bigger. Mm. Uh, but they were. Can you go smaller? Are there nano breweries in New Hampshire? There are. Yeah, it's a in New Hampshire. A nano brewery is a form of a license where you can brew up to I don't remember how many gallons, hundreds of gallons per year. It was the Free Staters who actually worked on that bill, the guys from Area 23. Oh, yeah. Was that that was a Kevin thing? I think it was both of those guys. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I I looked into that. I know he worked on that issue for years. I considered that as a potential business pre-coronavirus, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I've also got uh, this story. Uh, If you thought 2020 was off to a bad start, well, it might be even worse. This is from uh, Gizmodo.com. Great. Now invasive murder hornets are a thing to worry about. Okay, from the whole world to 2020, I'd just like to say, wrong hole! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then I also have another story about... Uh, you know, again, musically related. I said I had two stories that were related to music. I've got this one about uh, Woodstock. You know, the concert that changed the face of music. Really, I heard about that. Everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it happened in you know before I was born, but uh, it apparently occurred during an H two N three pandemic. And so oh, wow. this article is that compares, like three times as bad as H two N one. I I I found that weird too. But I was like, yeah, it seems like they number them backwards or something. I don't know how that works. I don't know how they determined. Of course, they used to call diseases foot and mouth disease. So, but uh, but the point here is that people weren't freaking out about the. It compares what what the government has done now versus what the government did then, and it is quite the contrast. So we could talk more about that. I wanted to imagine going down in history is worse than Nixon. (laughs) 
It was Nixon in office during uh, um, during Woodstock, wasn't it? I believe so. No wonder people loved it, uh, took the brown acid. <laughs> yeah. Don't take the brown acid, bro. <laughs> Actually, I, I know a guy who claims to have eaten, or I'm sure he's dead by now, but he claimed to have eaten the brown acid mm. and not had any problem with it until they said, don't eat the brown acid. <laughs> and then he drove himself crazy for the rest of the concert, tried to figure out why. But other than that, it was a good trip. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so this article about the giant murder hornet starts with, hey, 2020, can you chill for like five minutes? Now on top of a literal pandemic and nearly unparalleled global economic unrest, it seems you'll need to add murder hornets to the list of reasons to lose sleep these days. If you Quick, want- somebody panic. <laughs> right. If you want to split hairs, technically they're Asian giant hornets, but these flying nightmares have chalked up several colorful, colorful monikers such as yak killers, the giant sparrow bee, and oh dear God, someone burn it with fire. Though wow. that last one might have just been the author's reaction upon seeing uh, these real life creatures. Think maybe Asia's mad at us. It's because <laughs> they've been, you know. <laughs> There's been a lot of things coming out of Asia that have been yeah, an issue. It's where's Chuck Norris when you need him, right? Yeah. You know. Anyway, is and, there a uh, problem with the youth in Asia? Maybe youth in Asia. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and we're here to, of course, take your calls, your thoughts. You're free to call in about whatever you want to. Take control of the airwaves. Uh, our toll-free number here is eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Again, that's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. We'll have more for you coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, the live Monday night edition. Our toll-free number here, of course, is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. You can also get us on our Discord server at discord.lrn.fm, where we've got a whole bunch of chat rooms, including an on-air chat room. And if you do pipe in there, uh, you can sound almost as if you're in the studio with us. Oh, hail Discordia. And speaking of the studio, with us tonight, it's... It's Ian. And nobody. And I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Uh, we teased a whole bunch of articles, and we were starting to get into uh, this one about the giant murder hornets, apparently, that have found their way into the United States. Uh, so some not-so-fun facts about them. Uh, their venomous stings kill roughly 50 people every year in Japan. Damn. Uh, they feed by ripping the heads off of bees and flying their decapitated carcasses back to their young. And though they're native to southeastern and eastern Asia, hence the namesake, recently they've begun popping up in Washington State and Canada. Scientists still don't know why. Yeah. I mean, the well, weather in Washington State is awful, for one thing. I wouldn't be going there, but... It, I, I mean, I, <laughs> it certainly is different from, you know, Japan, right? The, mm. the weather, you know, annually is significantly different there, I, I would imagine. I've never been to mm. Japan, so I can't speak from experience, but... Well, I'm, I'm told that in Japan it does sometimes stop raining. Whereas in Washington it does not. It's true. 
Uh, it, it does stop raining. The rain there is a constant. It's more like a drizzle that just goes on all the time. Like you can comfortably. That's constant. Yeah, you can comfortably walk around <laughs> without an umbrella in, in Seattle anyway, most of the time when it's raining. Mm-hmm. Whereas like here in, on the East Coast or the Midwest or where we have like thunderstorms where there's torrential downpours, like you, you can't do what you do in Seattle and just go walk around in it and just get kind of damp. You, right, you, right. Like I, I spent 22 years in Seattle. I never used an umbrella. I've used an umbrella in New Hampshire three times since I've been here, and I've not even been here a full year yet. According oh, okay. to uh, the National Vital Statistics System here in the United States, there were approximately 1,100 deaths from hornet, wasp, and bee stings between 2000 and 2017, which averages out to about 62 deaths per year. But that's in the entirety of the United States, which is obviously a lot larger than just Japan. So you're saying these hornets have killed 50 people in a year in Japan? Is that right? That is what it says. Okay, so they may be a little more deadly than your typical wasp. Oh, or- they're they're a little more than a little more deadly. Uh, there's something out of a monster cartoon with this huge yellow-orange face, says Susan Kobe, a bee breeder with Washington State University Department of Entomology, in a recent statement. It's a shockingly large hornet, added Todd Murray, an entomologist and invasive species specialist, uh, also with the university. It's a health hazard and, more importantly, a significant predator of honeybees. Now, hmm. it, they'll talk about this a little bit. We already know that bees are kind of in trouble. Yeah, Their populations have been dwindling. And mm. the last thing they need is another predator mm-hmm. you know, to help that uh, population dwindle even more. Uh, so Asian giant hornets can decimate entire beehives in a few hours using their, quote, mandibles shaped like spiked shark fins, unquote per a Weekend New York Times report. Uh, As if bees, a notoriously threatened species, didn't have enough to worry about already with that humans quickly driving them towards extinction. Last winter, locals in a different part of Washington's Whatcom County spotted a handful of dead specimens. Uh, Authorities later learned that another hornet had been spotted across the Canadian border in White Rock, British Columbia that November, and an entire hive was discovered and exterminated on Vancouver Island before that. Washington State. That's probably why they're mad. (laughs) (laughs) You bastards. Uh, Washington State verified a total of four reported sightings in December, according to The Guardian. Uh, Officials sent several specimens to be analyzed by a lab in Japan where scientists confirmed they were indeed Asian giant hornets. However, inexplicable that may be. You can tell by their cameras. God. <laughs> Will you take a picture? Uh, adding to the mystery, the lab found that the hornets from Whatcom County and Vancouver Island were unrelated, indicating that the species had been introduced in at least two separate incidents. So, wow. Yeah, it's, it's completely mind-boggling. Uh, and if they keep getting introduced, sooner or later they're going to remember each other. Yeah. <laughs> You're uh, on it tonight. We could talk a little... We can't say what I'm on. <laughs> we could talk a little bit more about the giant murder hornets, but first, uh, let's go to some of your calls. Yeah. I mean, what else is there to say? And you're, well, you know, I'm that's, not going to stop going call, outside. That's they're, what they call it when they gather three crows together. It's a murder of crows. That's true. Two crows is just attempted murder. Uh, I mean, okay, you asked. So the discovery comes with terrifying implications. Uh, the hornet's queen can grow up to two full inches long, and their stings deliver potent venom that can be comparable to that of a venomous snake bite if you're unlucky enough to get attacked by a swarm. Unlike bees, they can jab you multiple times using stingers nearly the length of a hypodermic needle. 
Well, I mean, maybe these things are these things more likely to swarm because I don't think I've ever in my entire lifetime seen a swarm of any kind of wasp or hornet or bee. They're almost always out floating around by themselves doing whatever thing they're they're doing, you know, building a nest or Yeah, I don't the, the article doesn't talk about their swarm I factor. Mean, it's a definitely a, a story that's going to get people to click because they've also got these like close-up photos of these things oh, and yeah. they look very very intimidating, right? Yeah. If you, know? you if you just search giant murder hornet, you'll yeah. see that these are some ugly bastards. And, you know, okay, yeah, so they're more dangerous than your typical hornet, but I mean, your typical hornet's probably going to ruin your day, you know, if you get if you get stung by one anyway. So I gotta say, I'm not gonna stop going outside because well, there's a chance that a murder hornet's yeah, gonna no, be around. Shouldn't we lock but... down the whole country? <laughs> right. I, I mean, based on government's reaction to you know things like the coronavirus, you know, we can never be yeah. uh, too sure. But uh, get uh, one of those rackets, man. Those things are great. <laughs> Just <laughs> knock them right away. What about the uh, the the salt shotgun? I don't know if that's going to have an effect on something this large, um, but it would be interesting to try it and find out. You may just end up making him mad. Yeah, and then get stung. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be bad. All right, uh, let's uh, go to some of your calls and your thoughts. We have uh, Steve listening on 96.7 uh, in Arkansas. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Afternoon, guys. How are you? Hey, what's Pretty on your good, mind? Steve. What's going on? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, you need a regular shotgun for those things. Assault <laughs> shotguns not going to do anything. Not going to do and anything. I, I, I kind of feel like like we're reading Genesis here with 2020, <laughs> uh, or, or Exodus, I mean. The, the, the plagues, uh, right? We got, yeah, we got the plagues, and I, mean, I just wonder what's next. Um, well, to me, probably the, are close enough to locusts. Pro- probably the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse or something, right? Well, there, there you go. No, I was going to call, you were talking about the, the effect this has had on music, and yeah. I just got an email today that my... Uh, my my journey concert in June was canceled, and I, you know, oh, so you literally yeah. had to stop believing. <laughs> oh yeah. damn! Yeah, it, it's it's a sad sad day. The wheel in the uh, sky stopped stop turning. turning. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but no, my son's in a band. He's you know he's going to be eighteen soon, and his band is. Um, they've actually gotten you know a record deal, and they're about ready to sign it. But the label is. I mean, nothing's That's happening hold. right now. Hang on, if you don't mind, because I'm curious to what this guy thinks about this uh, drive-in concert story that uh, Captain, you and I both brought in tonight. Yeah, hold on the line, Steve. Hold on. 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 Uh, We'll be back in just a moment. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE, like freedom. Give us a call. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com Yes, this is Free Talk Live, the live call-in radio show where you can take control and talk about whatever you want. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. 
That's 855-450-3733. We'll get to your calls and your thoughts in just a moment. But I wanted to let you know that Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposits, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. That's local.bitcoin.com. And so we've been talking about this article that I pulled up from Gizmodo about these uh, murder hornets, giant murder hornets from Asia, and we were talking with a caller, Steve, and uh, he mentioned that his uh, son is in a band, and so we wanted to get his opinion right quick about this other article that I brought in uh, about uh, which one? Drive-in. The drive-in concerts. Uh, concerts. So Apparently Steve, it's happening in Denmark. Yeah, Steve, have you heard of this? Well, not not until you read the, the article. and I, I mean, it sounds like, I guess, an alternative is sitting on your rear end at the house, but it's... You know, part of being at a concert is, you know, being around people. Yeah, um, it's been, not just being uh, around people, but being able to be affected by the energy of that crowd. You know, having people uh, in close proximity, having the music, whatever it is we're talking about, whether it's, you know, heavy metal or whatever it is that you like, having that music playing over the crowd in energizing that crowd and the the feeling that you know that you get from that i don't think you're going to get any of that from sitting in a car in what is essentially a glorified parking lot with a stage somewhere in the distance yeah Yeah, i mean depending on what kind of music you listen to like i go to shows where there's mosh pits yeah and and you know you what are you going to have a uh, demolition derby, you know, a, a demolition derby <laughs> in the parking lot. Mm. I mean, yeah, that sounds fun, but it sounds a little yeah, dangerous. It does sound fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really pricey. But no, you know, I got a buddy that. I mean, his band had a tour in Australia. They had to cancel. Yep. Jeez. Uh, you know, I mean, this shit. And most most musicians, as you know, Captain Kickass, uh, are probably just servers or working at restaurants or mm-hmm. you know oh, they're yeah, they're they, doing the music thing. They yep. don't have real like it's a real job but you know what i mean they don't have jobs where you know they can stay open during this thing i mean everybody's shutting down yep they can't work they can't play shows they can't i mean well you can't get unemployment for for you know what you would do as a band right so um you know a lot of my friends here and i'm I'm big in to support local music and and we have a lot of bands in the area and some of the concert venues that are here are not coming back. They've announced that wow. they're not coming back. Yeah, uh, um, it seems to be going around. Um, yeah. So anyway, you know, it's 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 affecting way more than just certain areas. I mean, it's this is broad reaching. Yeah. And you know, I we just got an email today at work. I got a package in the mail uh, full of masks that my employees have to wear masks now. Ridiculous. Uh, oh, boy. At work all the time, and I'm like. You know, all it does is fog my glasses up. I don't Where do you it. work, if you don't mind? Uh, I, work at, I work for a car dealership, and we mm. have 148 dealerships in 12 states. Now, is this corporate um, that's decided this, or is this the yes. state that's saying you must do this? Well, here's the deal. we Most of our lots didn't have to close. Now, there were a couple states. Our lots in Kentucky had to close. Um, some of our lots in Missouri yep. had to close for a while. Uh, and some of this phase one... 
reopening, you know, you have to wear masks. Well, you know, we didn't have to wear masks the whole time. <laughs> and now all of a sudden we, we're still open, but now they want us to wear masks. I mean, kind of like putting a condom on after you knock somebody up. Right. In my opinion. I mean, I, it's, I it's government I here. Have some. Yeah. Anyway. Now, I, didn't you, you tell know, us I, before I that you were like the owner of this chain or you just uh, work for No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm the general manager at my location. I see. Okay. I see. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm the manager of that much like a Walmart store manager. Have you considered this? Uh, so Aria Demetso, one of our co-hosts here, she has uh, told her court. So she works for a pizza pizza chain, a uh, franchise, and yeah. she told the franchise owner that she has a religious objection to wearing the mask, and she is allowed to not wear the mask as a result of that. So there's uh, both a potential religious objection as well as a medical objection. You can say that you have a medical condition that uh, prohibits you from wearing the mask, and no one is allowed to ask you what that is because you have medical privacy. I could, and I, you know, I could also play the. My family's from Lebanon, so I could, you know, I could say I fear for my life because somebody might think I'm a terrorist. Um, well, plus I've heard it's just not a good thing to have these masks on in general. I mean, you are restricting your air flow and you're restricting yeah, the amount just, of oxygen that can get to you. Yeah, and it's just, it's just uncomfortable if you wear glasses, it fogs your glasses up. Yep. Um, you know, I I just I, I'm one of those guys that just let me just let me do my thing. I'm going to be respectful. Yeah. It's uh, all very specific, know. though. Do they tell you what kind of mask you have to wear? Because you could get one of those masks that they wear for Mardi Gras that just like cover your eyes and have a couple of feathers sticking. <laughs> or like up. the uh, not, not Batman, but just the Robin. Cover. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, Usually, it's uh, described as a cloth it, mask. I'm sorry. What's go funny ahead, is too. they sent us this package, and it looks like someone just took a T-shirt and cut them out, and there's slits to, to loop over your ear. I mean, there's <laughs> not. It's just it, it's like 100 count thread count sheets or something um it's all just for show it's just for show it's just to get people to think that you know yo well we at uh, this dealership we care and uh, i think this needs to have some pushback i think it needs to have pushback from people within business because most people are going to do what they're told so that's why it's so hard to push back against this well i've already spoken to my hr representative and my area operations manager about my my disdain for it and nice uh, there's not a person at my lot that was excited about this news. I have 14 employees. And I would tell and, everybody, hey, if you've got a religious objection or a medical objection, as far as I'm concerned, you know, restricted breathing is a valid medical objection. And again, you aren't supposed to, you know, you don't have to tell anybody if they ask you, well, what's your medical reason? You don't have to tell them. That's that's private. Right. That's none of, none of their business. So yeah. just, that'll kill it right there. All right, Steve, thanks a bunch for the call, man. You have uh-huh. a good night, all right? Um, let's uh, just continue the fun and move right along. Uh, let's go to let's go to uh, Stephen, who's calling in on our Discord live call-in airline. Uh, Stephen, are you there? Yeah, I hope my Raspberry Pi doesn't crash. It doesn't like Discord. Oh, um, well, you sound pretty good. So, what's on your mind? It's funny to think about the idea of uh, cars in a drive-in. I mean, we're doing that at my church con- currently, but it's like, how how in the world are you going to cheer? Do you just honk your horn? Um, well, now, I- what does it look like when you do this at the church? Do they have an FM transmitter inside the church and people tune yeah. in? Yeah. Well, what it is is we uh, we broadcast. What do you do when you stand up to sing to sing a hymn, though? <laughs> oh, okay. So how it works is we have uh, the we have a parking lot facing in the south of the church and we just play outside and everybody uh, just tunes in with their car and watches us. 
I, I suppose somebody could stand out their sunroof if they wanted to, but we haven't had that yet. So. Now, what are they using to transmit this? Is it like an illegal transmitter? No, nah, no, nah, it's just like one of those cheap ones you used to be able to get at Radio Shack. It does not go very far. Yeah, I was going to say, I That's would be concerned you could even cover the entire parking lot of a large church with something like that. They're very, very weak. Yeah, they are. Um, what I was going to call in about, though, was the uh, 2020 presidential election, interestingly oh, enough. Oh, what's and new? What's new? Well, you guys probably covered this already, but Justin Amash, it looks like he's probably going to seek the um, Libertarian Party nomination. Caught in Amash. I believe he has announced that he is seeking the Libertarian Party nomination. So in, far, uh... it's only an exploratory committee. Oh, really? Uh, he hasn't oh, filed okay. yet. Yeah. Well, don't they pick and, the um, the nominee like this month? If the convention goes as planned. What's the, thing the is, latest was... on that? Um, we don't know what's going to happen yet. The thing is, I'm actually a candidate for the LNC right now, so that's the Libertarian National Committee. Committee, yeah. And mm. uh, we're unsure, but as far as the mosh goes and the impact, um, I had more on that. But if I had to go, that's yeah, good. Yeah, you want to hang on, stay over for the next segment. Sure. All right, hold sure. the line. Eight fifty five four fifty free like freedom. Uh, if you want to give us a call, give us your thoughts. Uh, we've got more coming up. More on the murder hornets too. This is Free Talk Live. Yes, it's the live Monday night version of Free Talk Live. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. And uh, we'll be taking your calls and your thoughts. Uh, with you in the studio tonight, it's myself. I am the Reverend Captain Kickass. And uh, joining me... I'm Ian. And I'm Nobody. And I want to tell you about Intercoin and their work on helping folks with community and loyalty. Intercoin's team has spent the last decade helping communities release apps to unite their members and coordinate social activity. Now communities can release currencies to coordinate economic activity. They represent a soft but voluntary power, encouraging people to spend currency on local goods and services that accept it or to support the community with small fees when cashing out unused coins. Towns already do this to battle globalism, and festivals can create an extended online community that transacts on their own year-round. Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the Internet and in meat space. We think that this is important here on Free Talk Live, so important that Free Talk Live accepted $40,000 worth of Intercoin tokens from Intercoin Inc. for advertising. If you think freedom is important, too... Check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You can invest in this project and potentially make big gains or just be involved and perhaps shape its future. That's intercoin.org. So moving right along, well, we actually were talking with uh, Stephen, who is joining us on the Discord line. Stephen, are you still with us? Yeah. All right. So uh, you were talking about the Libertarian Party, and it sounds like you had some uh, things to say that we didn't get to. Go ahead. Yeah, when it when it comes when it comes to uh, Justin Amash's candidacy, it seems like there's a lot of enthusiasm from day one. And I'm running for uh, vice chair of the LNC right now, and I've been attacked because I have uh, major concerns with his candidacy and his ability to do as well as even Gary Johnson did. Now, Justin past- Amash is a current seated uh, representative in the U.S. House of Representatives from Michigan. 
A lot of people seem to think he's fairly libertarian. You're saying he's inferior to Gary Johnson? No, I'm saying he's not going to do as well as Gary Johnson. Why? I don't. Hmm. Uh, the reason being is like in 2016, although the reason Gary Johnson seemed to do fairly well in 2012 was the Ron Paul effect. I don't think anybody doubts that. But in 2016, it was because – I thought because it was a Gary Johnson effect. But... <laughs> in 2016, <laughs> it was because of never Trump Republicans, it seemed to be, across the board. Because here's why. A lot of these never Trump Republicans were actually in favor of Donald Trump, but they didn't want to admit to it probably. And they held themselves to higher principles because they thought he was going to lose. And when he lost, you know, they didn't want to have the ball in their court because they would look like jerks. Um, now that Trump is president, he seems to be legitimized. And I think the concept of the never Trump Republican is dead because his approval ratings within his own party are sky high. And mm -hmm. I don't think Justin Amash can actually capture the voting block that is actually up for grabs right now, which is the progressives. Now, I think somebody like Vermin Supreme could. I think Vermin Supreme could easily round up a lot of the Bernie bros and bring him into the libertarian camp. But I don't think Justin Amash can even come close to doing that. Yeah. So I think his actual performance is going to be very poor, probably well, sub one percent. Know and like Vermin, and and I I have been supporting him for the uh, for the nomination. My my slogan for him is "Why Vermin Supreme?" Because screw your system. That's why I, I support but, Vermin as well. But the the I issue that I have with those Bernie Bros is, yeah, I've met them. They hate me. They want nothing to do with me because I'm not a communist and I'm not going to become a communist and I don't want the Libertarian Party to become a communist party. So the question is, what do we do with these Bernie bros once we've got them? They are easy to bring over to our side. And here's uh, these why. guys are dumb as No, listen, listen. No, here's why. Here's why. Here's why. <laughs> Libertarian philosophy originated from the left wing thinkers, right? And you can live in a voluntary society and still mm. operate as a socialist. I'm what you would consider a leftist libertarian, libertarian socialist type. And these individuals are simply concerned about the system that is um, stomping on mostly minority individuals. Uh, lower right, but individuals. now they want they to institute a system that's bigger and more powerful and can stomp on you more effectively. Because they haven't been educated enough. They have the right heart. They want to see people live better. But they, they're, they've been misled by Bernie Sanders, who's not really a socialist. He's more like a soft. Well, they've been misled by but, the school system. They've been misled by the communist unionized teachers of the school system. And I don't know if we can undo all of that indoctrination in, in short order. Surely you can capture a good percentage of them to bring the Libertarian Party to better general election numbers. I don't think anybody's actually taking seriously. Like, there was this really dumb article saying Amash could get like 117 electoral votes. Yeah, keep dreaming. Nobody thinks we're going to win the election. But if we could at least. Uh, okay, don't speak for me. What, what do you mean? I'm nobody. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I have not made he, that statement. I, I think he also <laughs> called you Shirley a minute ago. Oh, that's my mother. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I I always forget. I always forget that. Sorry about that, man. That's okay. But, Nobody actually cares. Saying, I, I think I, I think that I think that Justin Amash's candidacy is very dangerous. But I do think he's going to get the nomination, and here's why: because he's is, a former he's a former Republican, and that's yep. who's gotten the nomination the last 
Uh, well, like 12 not years. because he's a the former Republican, because he has the political cr- credibility of actually being an office holder right now. And there, yes, there's something to be said for that in the mind of the in of the of the general the general public. So I'm I'm on the fence. I mean, I will support either Vermin or uh, or Amash uh, if and when they're they're duly nominated. Um, I still lean toward toward vermin because i think the 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 statement of your system is a joke so the best we can do is make it a funny one Mm -hmm. i think that's that's a good statement but um you know i'm not strongly opposed to amash let's let's put it that way i think i think they're both good men who come at the uh who come from very different directions uh, and I, I would like to see. I, I wish we could split the com- the the party so they could each be our nominee. <laughs> this, this this is. But the the thing is, this is how the LNC thinks. Oh, that guy's been in office before, and people really hate politicians. So why don't we give them a presentable politician? Wow, is that your Kermit the Frog impression? <laughs> uh, it's better than my Elmo impression. <laughs> I love. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for the call tonight, Stephen. We do appreciate it. Did he say I love Daryl W. Perry? I, I couldn't quite. I, make that I'm out. pretty sure that's what he said. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good. Good. Good ear. Uh, and uh, Gene, you're with us. Uh, he, apparently, he's still listening on another device. Hey, Gene, don't do that. Gene, I'm here. Yeah. There's some squeal make kind of thing stop. going on. It has stopped. Oh. No, no, it hasn't. Uh, huh. That's uh, that's probably a fan. Okay. Uh, you mean like a person me, who me, enjoys the show or like a device <laughs> that blows air? And badly needs yeah, me, oil. Oh, boy. That room is even worse. Yeah, it sounds so really this bad. room has got too much noise in just it. Put them on hold and then yeah. uh, we can come yeah, back we'll to come, We'll come back to you, Gene. <laughs> it wasn't there when you screened him? No, it was not huh. there at all. That's, that's He sounded great, actually. Uh, so while we're waiting for Gene to reorient, uh, let's go to uh, James in Boulder County, Colorado. He's listening on Twitch. Uh, James, you're on Free hello. Talk Live. Yes, hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's on your mind, James? Well, yeah, we were talking about masks earlier. I want to say, you know, I, uh, I'm a dump truck driver working oh. on an airport right now. I sit in the truck by myself 10, 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I get out to the restroom. That's about it. Yet I have to wear a mask in my truck while I'm on the job site. Oh, you're kidding. But I'm, I'm, hold on. I'm going to have to unplug. I got my headphones on. So. Okay. No worries. Maybe the connection will be a little bit better. He did sound like he was on like, yeah. a speakerphone or something. Are you still with us, James? Or is that better? Yeah, that is a lot better. Actually. Yeah, that's a lot better. So you right. you drive a dump truck and you have to wear a mask even though it's just you in the truck. Yeah. And who makes yeah. these rules? And, where where do these come from? Uh oh well, you know what is it? You know the governors and mayors. Oh, you got to wear a mask in public and all that. I think that actually came down from the the main contractor on that jobs. Mm. Well, they told me that I couldn't actually come to the job for two weeks. I had to take two weeks off because I come from out of state to work that job. They literally paid me three grand to sit at home for two weeks. So you think this is a state of Colorado mandate that is being put on the uh, company and they're just doing what they're told? Well, well, the job I'm working on is in Missouri. Oh, in Missouri. Okay. Yeah, I I live, I live, but I travel for work. I do soil remediation contaminants. 
Well, I would say uh, it's a medical necessity that you not wear a mask. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get out, that well, might well, be a good way to thing, do it. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, the M95, is they're not providing masks, yet we have to wear one. The M95 mask is the only one that can really protect you from a virus. But yet, these guys are wearing bandanas or these just paper masks. Which, yeah, and you're just anything, sitting in a damn truck. Collect I mean, the virus. There's more coming yeah. up here. And- yeah, thanks, James. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture. One that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. Yes, it's Free Talk Live. There are live and actual humans performing all the button presses here tonight. Yep. And uh, mistakes happen. Some of our uh, fine listeners in the Discord channel have been very kind and humane. No, they haven't. At, no. at pointing, I'm, I'm being sarcastic, <laughs> of course, if you didn't detect a hint of yeah. snarkasm. Yes, snarkasm is uh, what I call a portmanteau. That's where you take two words and combine them together and make a brand new word that you immediately know the meaning of. Snarkasm. Let that be your vocabulary lesson tonight on air chat. At any rate, our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. And I wanted to tell you about Divi. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi and Bitcoin, and fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new Divi wallet launches because of Divi's relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at diviproject.org, D-I-V-I Project. Dot org, and uh, when before we uh, went to the break, we were speaking with Gene, the Christian anarchist, and he was having some technicalties. Yes, that's another portmanteau. My gift to you, listeners, <laughs> particularly you Discord bastards. Uh, Gene, you sounded much better when I screened you. What's on your mind? Yeah, um, I have to call you guys up every now and then and spank you because. <laughs> no. uh, what do we do now? You guys, you, ooh, baby, you guys do I have fall to pay for you? this. Yeah, you know, it's free. Okay. Um, you guys keep falling for the same tricks over and over. Murder hornets with needles the size of a hypodermic needle. They're going to come and 
kill us all and take our babies and we're all going to die. I you believe know, this is this giant Asian murder hornets, I believe. This this is the same story we get every 10 years. So before it was the killer bees from South America and blah, 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 how they're going to come and get it. That turned out to be John Belushi. Yeah, it's always fear, 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 fear. And you can always tell when the media is lying because they're printing things on paper or other media. I don't think I was uh, (laughs) propagating fear. I'm pretty sure my response to that story, Gene, was that I continue to intend to go outside. So what are you going to do? Well, that's good. But uh, the, the story is there. The existence of the story is to scare people into thinking that somehow the government's got to save us from murder hornets. And oh, was that what the, the story was saying? Mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything about that. Well, that's well, that's the bottom line to every story they try to scare us with. You know, we got to be scared so that mommy government can come in and, and save our little butts. Oh, yeah. And, I see. I can see the yep. story from here. It does say we I don't think we got to this part, but that officials have teamed up to wage war against you yeah. know, the Hornets. Yep. And and you know that war is going to cost us a ton of money, and, and probably it will be probably will, counterproductive. They'll probably yeah, make and it'll worse probably murder hornets. It'll probably infl- in, uh, fringe on our rights in some manner, sh- shape, or form. Yep. But we're all gonna we're all gonna lay down and take it because we don't want to get stung by murder hornet. I bet you I could rewrite this article and substitute every instance of uh, you know giant murder hornets with giant murder politicians. Yeah, why don't they just say the little green men are coming? I mean, they're going to come up with that story one of these According days. According to Krugman, have... that's a good idea. No, they... He said that would be good for the economy if people were working hard to prepare for an alien invasion that would never come because it would produce jobs. Of course, what he neglected to realize is that those jobs would produce absolutely nothing that anybody could consume, so they're actually economically destructive. You know, when you said we're uh, we're going to lay down and take it, I thought that'd make an interesting uh, parody of Twisted Sister. Instead of we're not <laughs> we're gonna just going to take it, <laughs> we'll lay down and take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to Weird Al about that. He, I'm sure he can come up with it. Well, actually, we got Captain Kickass sitting yeah, right here. We'll so. like it or fake it. <laughs> there you go. But then again, Captain Kickass has pointed out a myriad of times that people have come to him and said, "Hey, there's a great idea for a song parody." Gave him one line and then walk away, like you know, yeah. yeah. Now you get to do the rest of the work. It's, Thanks. It's, it's a little more difficult than that, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anything else you want to share tonight, Gene? Well, I, I do love song parody, so I, I'd like you to get started on that. <laughs> I, uh, I am working on one. I'll tease it a little bit here. I'm working on, it's actually a dual parody. I don't think it's ever been done before. So I have two separate like songs. like a mashup? No, no, no. Two mashup? separate songs. Uh, but I'm going to change their name to the same exact thing, and both songs are going to be about the same subject. But it's two completely different songs. One's a little, a little more of a uh, heavy metal tune. One's more like a classic rock tune. And I'm going to change their name to the same thing, same subject matter. But they're two completely different songs. Hmm. So uh, I don't think that'll be confusing. Yeah, I don't think that's ever been done uh, in parody land. To my knowledge, I've I've done pretty extensive research. The last man who tried it. this died, <laughs> and I don't recommend trying it at home. It's only a fluke of, try this at home. of of vernacular tricks that I was able to pull this off. So, um, you know, coming soon, Gene, I'll have something for you. Great. Okay, I'll be I'll be listening. All right. Thanks for the call tonight, Gene. Uh, you know, every now and again, uh, you know, Gene will give us a verbal spanking, and you know, we'll just kind of take it, right? Nobody. We're just going to take it. <laughs> yeah, we'll like it or fake it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so uh, let's just go ahead and continue the calls. We've got Mike, uh, who's listening on D Live, calling from Pennsylvania. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, how you guys doing? What's Good. on your mind, Mike? Uh, well, I just wanted to touch the topic on every everybody that did call about the these you know Asian giant hornets or whatever. Uh, the only the only thing that really crosses my mind with this is uh, they do attack honeybees. Which honeybees is it's one third of our food that we eat. The yep. honeybees provide, and eighty percent of our, you know, every day. You go clothing, through a lot of like honey. That. Are you a bear? Yeah, I, I do keep it. I do store it. That's hey, for sure. But, Let's go get some picnic <laughs> baskets. It, it, thing about these thing is he's right. It's 2013, uh, a long time ago. Yeah, eight in Asia or somewhere or Japan. It, they did kill 42 people and injure over 1,500, but it, they they found they've been supposedly spotting these things for months now. Now only two small groups in Washington State, but somebody's following them and tracking them for months, supposedly. Yeah. But the only bad thing, that, the negative thing on this is that the venom in there, it can destroy red blood cells, and which mm-hmm. can result to kidney failure. You know, in, but it's not likely we have a lot mosquitoes are the deadliest on our planet in my opinion you know ticks these new ticks we oh, come yeah, out with every ticks. year you don't see them yeah. coming i mean at least with a hornet or a wasp or whatever it's pretty hard to miss those guys because they're noisy they're loud you know large they and make... you have to piss them off generally yeah yeah yeah, yeah ticks, you don't you don't even know where they're coming from nope they come just... from the ground don't they? Yeah, if you're walking yeah. through the woods, you better check yourself when you get home because there's a good chance one of them's done crawled up your pants. Yep. But my whole my whole point of that was, you know, no, the the media does portray push in in any direction whatsoever to get people to look this way or that way, or uh, you know, away from the general point. What's going on? Just as far as I, Kim Kim the NK leader, whatever, supposedly had surgery and. They didn't know if he made it or he wasn't here or now he's here. He was cutting a ribbon, so forth. But it's kind of funny because the media pushed that. But yet, while that was going on, North Korea actually attacked uh, the United States uh, Hmm. cyber-wise. And Trump, two days ago, declared another national whatever on our power grid. Oh, like a national emergency or something? Yeah, he huh. signed an executive order that declares uh, foreign cybersecurity threats, U.S. electric systems, and national emergency. But he did sign this, and he did declare a national emergency two days ago. It's an it emergency much- on top of another emergency. Yeah. It's never-ending, exactly. cascading emergencies. Well, my point, my point is that they push you, you know, away from the narrative, and while other stuff's going on in yep. the background. Oh yeah. Yep. Hey, thanks for the so, call, today, Mike. We appreciate you calling in. Uh, yeah, it's uh, like you say, they stack the emergencies, and it's, I don't know, I'm tired of it. Are you tired of it? Do you enjoy politicians shoving their will down your throats? Give us a call. Free Talk Live. More coming up. Mouth guitar. Mouth guitar to them. <laughs> 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 
That's, uh, That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I learned from the best. Two of the best uh, mouth musicians, mouth guitarists ever. Beavis and Butthead. Beavis yeah, and Butthead. Yeah, yeah. Love 855, those guys. 450 <sighs> free like freedom. Uh, we've, I, we, we might be having too much fun. Yeah, I thought this. you guys were just screwing around, and then I looked at the clock, and went, oh, they've got their headphones thought, on. We're really on the we're, air. We're, we're live. We're, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. If you would like to give us a call and let us know what's on your mind, you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. Lots of participation tonight for a Monday. Thanks for doing that, guys. Uh, We have talked a bit about uh, giant Asian murder hornets. We've talked about uh, a seemingly poor idea of drive-in concerts. Well, I don't think you've even really expressed yourself on this yet. I mean, somebody brought it up and we kind of got distracted and I think this is a terrible idea. And I'm not even a performer, you know. I mean, on one hand, I'm not even a huge concert goer, but I've been to enough in my time to where I know I would not want to go to this. I so on one hand, I enjoy innovation, right? Mm-hmm. And so somebody went Okay, I'm a performer, and I understand being a performer myself and also having a bunch of musician friends who are also performers. And some of them cross, you know, they're not just musicians, they're also theater people or whatever, right? They've got performance art of different variety. They're dancers and yep. stuff like that. So all of these people, none of them do it professionally, right? Almost none of them. They do it for the love of the art. Right, they do it for the love mm-hmm. of the art. And they're hurting right now because that's part of who they are as people. Right, they can't right. go out and perform to even a small crowd. Right? I didn't go see it, but I saw a headline. I did not go to click on it, but uh, I saw a headline that Metallica played in their homes. Yeah, and just—I don't want to watch that. Yeah, this has been going <laughs> on. People have been live streaming from you know their rehearsal facilities uh-huh. or their backyard or you well, know, at least that, if that you kind were, of a thing. At least if you were live streaming from a rehearsal facility, you should have the whole band there together. Right, right. They had Metallica's guys separated, you know, in each of their own homes, somehow playing. Mm. I don't even know how that would work with the delays on the internet. It just sounds like a mess. Yeah, Ooh. it would all have to be synchronized to a click track. I've first seen and videos foremost. of people and doing then, that and though. then so what what they would have to do is give everybody a click track right that's set to mm-hmm. the the beats per minute of the song have them all independently play to the click track not hearing everybody else and then mix and, it later and then mix it later so there's a yeah. delay in the broadcast it, it's kind of live mm. right so it's not like really live there's probably like we have a what do we have a seven second ten second delay maybe it wasn't live maybe they pre-produced it and then aired it yeah i would imagine they would have something like a couple of minutes right from Mm -hmm. the when they're actually playing to the time it hits like your computer screen Mm -hmm. like i mean i didn't watch it either but then again metallica are a bunch of sellouts so yeah right (laughs) in in my book anyway i I don't know i got irritated at them when they uh came out against napster that's right that's when they really jumped the show really you guys really haven't made enough money you're you're upset that people are listening to their music to your music let's make a point they went after their own fans in that case right because it was their fans who were sharing their music yeah lars is a douche so uh, you know, sorry to anybody well, now, who's still humping on Metallica. Didn't but, they? Yeah. Now hold on, Captain. Just to be fair to Metallica, wasn't it just maybe two, probably no more than three years ago that all of a sudden they came around and they actually released an entire album for free on the internet? Like they made music yeah, but it videos. Wasn't any good. They made music videos uh. of all their tracks, and I don't know. I played one or two of the tracks, and I thought, yeah, this was pretty. You know, I thought it was fine. Um, I didn't listen to the whole thing or anything like yeah. that, but 
to their credit, it must they, have been great. It took them twenty years or fifteen years or whatever to figure it out. But finally, they're like, yeah, maybe we should embrace this internet thing. Hmm. So yeah, I, I'll give them credit. Yeah. Better yeah. better to figure it out later than never. They, uh, they all the works of Shakespeare were produced without any copyright laws on the books. It's true. He just wrote them, or she. Yeah, that is a matter of fact. So anyway, uh, you're I asking. I think it was Richard Devere, actually. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard a theory that it was a woman, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, so on one hand, you're asking my opinion about these driving concerts. On one hand, I enjoy the innovation part, mm-hmm. right? Like here's a guy who goes, "Well, I got a problem. I'm I'm a performer, and all my gigs are canceled. Right? Nobody's going to come to a gig, even if I booked one, right? Because nobody wants to be around crowds, or perhaps the government has mandated that they can't." have a crowd even in like their home or whatever, that kind of a thing. So I admire the innovation. He solved a problem. He's like, well, okay, if everybody's in their car, then they're technically six feet away from each other. And, you know, if I do the mix right and broadcast it over this, you know, short distance FM receiver, people can tune into the, you know, frequency that I give them, you know, and sit in their cars and listen to me play the music. It's probably going to work just fine if you're not a rock and roll band, right? If you're like mm. folk or you're like a, a one or two person, like acoustic set, you know, kind of a thing, or you're a, a guy with a piano and some vocalists, that'll probably work out great. But rock and roll is meant to be loud, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, they've developed entire industries surrounding rock and roll right all the amplification and the pa systems the sound systems not to mention the lights and the pyrotechnics and well, all the that photos kind of stuff, in, you know? in this article and you have a different one than i did yeah mine um, was from uh, loudwire.com yeah i mean there's the, well i was looking over your shoulder at some of these photos and it, and it appears that there's a guy on a stage uh you know presumably with some amplifiers up there i don't you know i'm not 100 percent sure about well, that, these are monitors in the picture that i'm looking at so that would be just pointed at him so he can hear what wasn't he's there doing. another picture like showing from like outside of the stage maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong about that but i could have sworn i saw a photograph of... yeah so it would of course, be the if first some of these guys yeah, are... one if some of the people who go have car stereos like my friends had when, when we were kids, it could get pretty loud out in the parking lot. And the question is, is anybody going to be out there like physically putting people back in their, in their cars, cars if right. they get out and mosh? Because mm-hmm. that would be my hope, is that we're going to be able to get out and mosh and, uh, and either we won't be noticed or... Or, you know, the people who are enforcing these things will be too scared to approach us because, you know, they might get, get the Kung Flu. I mean, that, that, that looks like there's speakers on that stage pointed outwards at it's the It's hard uh, to tell with the that audience. particular shot. But either way, I mean, the energy is completely gone. Yeah. It is just totally, it looks so boring. It looks so lame. Uh, I mean, yeah, you've got a live person on the stage, but everything else, it's just the, all the fun has just been sucked right out of that. Yeah, it's gone. It certainly isn't doesn't... that the purpose of government to suck all the fun out of things. Yep. Well, uh, yeah, they did it. It is, and it, uh, yeah, they they have been successful. So, uh, to just finish up, yes, I applaud the innovation of this particular guy trying to do something, and you know, maybe other people will take it and figure out how to make it better. I don't know. Um, you couldn't pay me to go to that but, show. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't attend one of these just for that. Who reason. is it playing? I have no idea. Uh, some, oh. Somebody in uh, where was it? Denmark it was Denmark, right? Yeah. Oh, I probably the wouldn't Danish go see it either. I don't even speak Danish. Arhus, <laughs> Arhus, in the middle of our street. Oh, sorry. It says popular singer Mads Langer. Mads Langer. I've heard that name. Sounds like a beer. 
does, yeah. He performed to a sold-out crowd of cars. Unbelievable. Who drove into a field where the musician was performing at the newly erected concert stage. 500 tickets was announced just six days prior to the event. So, I mean, uh, hooray for It was for 500 him. cars they said he yeah. was playing for? So was, were they like cartoon cars from the movie? <laughs> no, actual motor like vehicles, that. nobody. Uh, 855-450, free like freedom. If you'd like to call us and get on the air, you can. This is Free Talk Live and Metallica sucks. <laughs> the next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. Yes, it is Free Talk Live, the live Monday night edition. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. If you would like to get on the air and talk about, well, whatever you'd like, it's Free Talk Live after all. We also have a Discord server over at discord.lrn.fm. And uh, we've got a whole bunch of chatting going on, many different channels over there. And we also have some on-air call-in lines over yonder, so you could sound almost as if you're in the studio with us by utilizing that particular avenue. And with you tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody. And we were most recently talking about uh, an innovator who decided to put on a concert where everybody who attended would have to be in cars, so a drive-in concert. And uh, we've had some opinions about that. And I thought, uh, (laughs) yeah, right. I thought it would be a natural segue to talk about something that occurred during Woodstock for our Mm. listeners that are under, oh, I don't know, 30 or so who might not be all that into music. If you don't know what Woodstock is, it was a festival thrown in uh, 1968, I think. Was it 68? 68, yes. 1968. And it literally changed the face of music at the time. Mm. Uh, and what uh, was interesting to me about this particular article written by uh, Jeffrey Tucker uh, out of the American Institute for Economic Research is that Woodstock occurred in the middle of a pandemic. <gasps> what? You mean all those people were in close proximity with one another? They During were. a pandemic? Not only were they in close proximity, but they were also dancing together. They <gasps> were... They were eating, <gasps> sitting down in restaurants together. And they refused to socially distance themselves from the brown acid. They certainly did refuse to distance themselves from the brown acid. Uh, so uh, Jeffrey Tucker mm-hmm. writes, In my lifetime, there was another deadly flu epidemic in the United States. The flu spread from Hong Kong to the United States, arriving December 1968, peaking a year later. It ultimately killed 100,000 people in the U.S., mostly over the age of 65, and 1 million worldwide. Lifespan in the U.S. in those days was 70, whereas it's 78 today. Population was 200 million as compared with 328 million today. 
It was also a healthier population with low obesity. If it would be possible to extrapolate the death data based on population and demographics, we might be looking at a quarter million deaths today from that particular virus. So in terms of lethality, it was as deadly and scary as COVID-19, if not more so, though we shall have to wait and see. Obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic is not over. And were they too cowardly to go to work? Well, let's find out. In 1968, says Nathaniel L. Moore in National Interest, the H3N2 pandemic killed more individuals in the U.S. than the combined total number of American fatalities during both the Vietnam and Korean Wars. Wow. Well, see, that's because they weren't social distancing. They needed to just lock themselves inside their homes, destroy the economy just to save a few lives. And this event happened in the lifetimes of every American over 52 years of age. The author continues, I was five years old and have no memory of this at all. My mother vaguely remembers being careful and washing surfaces and encouraging her mom and dad to be careful. Otherwise, it's mostly forgotten today. Why is that? Nothing closed. Right. Schools stayed open. All businesses did, too. You could go to the movies. You could go to bars and restaurants. You could make a choice where you could take a risk if you wanted to. That's right. And if you wanted to stay home and be super clean and super paranoid, then you could do that too. They had freedom. Or more of it. More of it anyway. Uh, So uh, John Fund has a friend who reports having attended a Grateful Dead concert during this time. In fact, people have no memory or awareness of the famous Woodstock concert of August 1969, uh, planned in January during the worst period of death that actually occurred during the deadly American flu pandemic that only peaked globally six months later. Wait, so he says people don't have any memory of Woodstock? No, they don't have any memory that Woodstock occurred in the midst of this pandemic. Oh, I was going to say, I know there's probably a lot of people who don't remember a lot of Woodstock, but I mean, they just probably generally knew they were there. (laughs) If you remember Woodstock, you probably weren't there. Right, yeah, that's that's a scientific (laughs) fact. So perhaps there's a double entendre in his sentence there. Uh It's hard to tell. Uh, But there was no thought given to the virus, which, like ours today, was dangerous, mainly for a non-concert-going demographic. Mm, Right. Stock markets, they didn't crash. Congress passed no legislation. The Federal Reserve, they did nothing. Not a single governor acted to enforce social distancing, curve flattening, even though hundreds of thousands of people were hospitalized. They did nothing to ban crowds. No mothers were arrested for taking their kids to other homes or parks no surfers were arrested no daycares were shut even though there were more infant deaths with this virus than the one we're experiencing now there were no suicides no unemployment Mm. no drug overdoses wow media covered the pandemic but it never became a big issue times have changed haven't they because now Uh, i mean they're doing all kinds of insane crackdowns the media is all over this you know like it's nonstop, round-the-clock coverage, and fear, 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 because you get people afraid, and they'll tune in through the next commercial break. They have a, a nice little picture of uh, the article that ran in the New York Times in, it looks like, December 11, 1968. But I don't think the media knew, uh, or the, the media today realized, that there would be such economic destruction from the policies that they were helping promote. 
because mm-hmm. they're going to have a tough time finding advertisers here. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, sure. it's not really the media deciding what the media is going to broadcast anymore. They're they're more or less a government or organ, as far mm-hmm. as I can tell. They're always all on the same page. Sure. As Bohan Panchevsky in the Wall Street Journal points out, in 1968 through 70, news outlets devoted cursory attention to the virus while training their lenses on other events such as the moon landing and the Vietnam War and the cultural upheaval of the civil rights movements, student protests, and, of course, the sexual revolution. The yeah, only that, That's all way more interesting. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, again, the, the part about nobody did anything. You know what I mean? They just, hey, it's a free country. You go about your business. If you want to, you know, do some things yourself, you're free to do so. You know, you want to wash some stuff down. You want to, you know, be more sterile than you were before. Whatever it is, you know, you were free to do so. So uh, the author continues, the only actions government took was to collect data, watch and wait, encourage testing and vaccines and so on. The medical community took primary responsibility for the disease mitigation as one might expect. It was widely assumed that diseases require medical, not political responses. And, I mean, this guy is just preaching up what I'm, you know, trying to lay down. Oh, yeah, he's good at that. He's a pretty principled guy. I I like him a bunch. Uh, It's not as if we had governments unwilling to intervene in other matters. We had the Vietnam War, social welfare, public housing, urban renewal, the rise of Medicare and Medicaid. We had a president swearing to cure all poverty, illiteracy, and disease. Government was an intrusive, or was as intrusive as it had ever been in history, but for some reason, there was no thought given to shut down in this pandemic. Which raises the question, why was this different? Cowardice. We'll be trying to figure this one out for decades. Well, and I still don't think we have a real good answer as to why now, why this time, why this one, when even within the last two decades when technology was relatively, you know, with it, uh, as compared to 1968, I mean... Why did they choose this one? Well, I mean, certainly compared to 1968, they have a much more effective control grid in place, yep. right? Everybody's got a phone, which is a personal tracking device. Uh, that is a huge factor here to being able to control the population. They've got drones now. Once again, on the front page at Drudge Report today, they're talking about drones monitoring people's temperatures from the skies. They, they're already deployed. That's wow. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a high level of technological kind of statism that exists today that didn't exist, you know, 40, 50 years ago. 855-450, free like freedom. Why do you think the pandemic didn't cause everybody to shut down in 1968? we got more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. You can give us a call and talk about, well, whatever you'd like to. Take control of the airwaves. In the studio tonight, it's... It's Ian. And nobody. And, of course, I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. We were talking about this article written by Jeffrey Tucker from the, uh, it's AIER.org, the American Institute for Economic Research, talking about the music festival known as Woodstock. 
that occurred during a pandemic. A pandemic arguably more deadly than the COVID-19 pandemic now. Hmm. But some differences between then and now where the government did nothing. They didn't mandate anything. Governors didn't shut any businesses down. Uh, People went to restaurants and bars. They were free to make their own choices about whatever went happened. And, uh, of course, you know, the media didn't get carried away and over-sensationalize the whole thing and create mass panic and fear. But more people died, Captain. Don't you care about people dying? Of course I do. I mean, it's important for people to die. If people didn't (laughs) die, the earth would be completely full. It's, It's the cycle of life. We only, everybody goes the same way, man. Nobody gets out alive. Everybody dies. It's just part of the cycle, man. But it would be hilarious. Can you imagine how Genghis Khan would react to modern times? I mean, the hubris of anybody to think that politicians can be smarter than Mother Nature when it comes to combating things mm. like a virus, I, I, you know, that, to me, that's just horse hockey. Horse yeah. hockey, I say. I, I have a much more stern term I'd like to use, but we're mm-hmm. on the radio, so i got to use horse hockey, unfortunately. Hmm. Uh, we'll talk more about the Woodstock pandemic or the pandemic that was happening, uh, you know, the same year that Woodstock was going on. But first, let's go to your calls and your thoughts. We've got Greg, uh, from Brooklyn, New York. He's listening to freetalklive.com. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, hey, Greg, the resident techno libertarian calling in. Um, I wanted to talk about how the contact tracing uh, frameworks Google and Apple are shaping up. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I've, yeah. Been, I've been doing some looking into that, Greg. I actually brought in uh, an article today for show prep that talks about a mandated contact tracing app uh, in India. Apparently, India has made it mandatory that all folks get a cell phone and download and install this contact tracing app. But go ahead. Tell us more about the contact tracing. So in the UK, uh, the contact tracing is being fed into a central database, and it turns out that a certain company is involved, a company called Palantir. This company has been around for over a decade. It's been selling um, essentially precog data to police departments and other things to see um, where they should police more for crime, and of course sells to government for a lot of other things Mm -hmm. as well. Um, I'm surprised also that who founded it was Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel often calls himself a libertarian. Peter Thiel was the first guy who founded, uh, wrote the first check to Facebook, oh, really? which is a company that also collects a lot of data. Right, right. <laughs> now I've read that um, I've read that the uh, the U.S. government, it, with regards to the COVID nineteen virus. Uh, is already doing a form of contact tracing just using the metadata, the we'll call it pseudonymous metadata that they already have access to via things like cell towers and, you know, Google searches and any sort of uh, anonymous location data that's, you know, out there available to like people who do marketing. I thought Google was aggregating that data and and publishing it. Is, is, are they? Because that, that's what I that was okay. that was reported weeks ago. Greg, what say you? Well, yeah, I think. Um, well, here's where I'm a little bit like different. Uh, where I would say, without government, these corporations would totally just stockpile our data. Why not? Um, I think we need to move past corporations. I think we need to have mesh networks 
and encrypt mm. end-to-end encrypted communication with cell phones, but we can wire our Wi-Fi routers together. And in fact, many cities have done it. Uh, there's one in New York City. There's something called Guifi in Spain. There's Freifunk in Germany. And I think that, honestly, the people can put together their own wireless networks and solar panels and electricity generation. But that's going to happen. It's going to take a decade. Until right. then, we are relying on infrastructure that's built by Google, Facebook, AT&T, yep. and all of these giant corporations. Now, what's this one in New York that you're talking about? This is uh, some sort of a mesh network? Where you know How big is it? There's two. There's NYC Mesh, and then there is a Red Hook Wi-Fi. Red Hook is a section of Brooklyn. And is NYC Mesh any? Does it have anything to do with uh, you know the government, or is that actually independently funded? No, uh, I don't think it has anything to do. So the New York City government does, in fact, have much faster broadband than the cable companies, um, but it doesn't wire up the the your your house. But if you could get on the New York City broadband, New York City mesh is an actual mesh network. Mm -hmm. So the difference is that rather than going through a central company, right, your your signal's kind of just going through a self-rebalancing sort of network of computers, which are run by individual people. So have you logged in? I mean, have you actually utilized this network? Uh, I have not. Um, I'm mostly focused on building the software for these kinds of networks and, Mm -hmm. you know, just having people host their own solutions. But uh, in terms of, like, hardware, uh, cell phone signals, uh, electricity, I think that's where we're going. But as it is right now, I don't see how, like, without government, why wouldn't AT&T just have a massive database? Like, if if they're providing cell phone service, right, they have all your data, why would they just delete it? Well, for one thing, we'd have a lot more choices without government. So if companies started doing things like that and you didn't need a license to start a new one, you could just start a new one. Or uh, so. So I think there would be a lot more choices available to you and that would constrain corporate activity to some extent right because i mean we know that corporations are a creation of statism right they're legal fiction fictions right in the name uh and if government did not exist corporations as we know them currently also would not exist so the the organization of people and businesses would not be under this pseudo somewhat you know, monopoly-ish, or they wouldn't have any protections of government to prevent competition like they do now. The government is the mother of all corporations. It's also the 007 corporation with the license to kill. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. Well, I want to leave you guys with this question, and maybe you could uh, discuss, is um, if there was no government and uh, there were no corporations and we started uh, from a decentralized society, right, Mm -hmm. wouldn't um, people, wouldn't they join, like organizations would join together into like larger, like Ma Bell, right? They would join into like a larger telephone network and a larger one. And eventually, wouldn't it go right back without government to having a large conglomerate? And then what would you do? If you start a new one, they would just buy you out or 
Well, they would compete with you like the, Rockefeller. The evidence actually says the opposite. For example, if you look at the world of so-called illegal drugs, there are multiple competing drug cartels. But if you look at America, there's only one cartel. It's Big Pharma. And the reason is because the government not only provides the muscle to enforce their monopolies, it provides the muscle to mediate between the members. Um, so, you know... The, who would enforce the property rights of corporations without without government against their employees? It would be very easy for the employees to defect. And so I think that would tend to keep organizations a lot smaller. Yeah, And keep in mind, too, Greg, that Ma Bell was a monopoly. It was the true. phone company. And we didn't get all sorts of innovation until it was broken up. And that was an enforced monopoly also. That that it That's was right. illegal, for example, to uh, to attach what they called foreign devices right. to the phone system. So if Ma <laughs> Bell didn't make it, you couldn't use it. Right. So the monopoly was enforced by government. Right. But you are correct, Greg. At some point, the government said, okay, well, you know, we're going to tell you to break up now. But that was because at some point we had some people who liked the free market and said, oh, well, we can't have this monopoly over communications. And what happened when they broke up? Immediately, the first thing that happened was we got the long distance war. So a whole bunch of competition, new companies formed, mm. right? People had far more choice. The cost of calling long distance came down. We don't After even that, pay for long distance anymore for right. the most part. After we that, don't. we had cell phones, you you know, make make the jump. Then we got smartphones. The internet, you know, came about as a result of the the elimination of the monopoly. So you know, we got innovation when the market became more free. So that's. So what let happened. me just say this one last thing. Uh, my my two cents. My perspective is competition is good. Hurry up. I like collaboration. I like Wikipedia, Linux. Open More coming source. up after this. Thanks. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. He took my line again. He said Free Talk Live. You can have it too. Can I say it too? Free Talk Live. 855 453 Like Freedom. We don't believe in intellectual property. Anybody can say that. <laughs> What's the opposite of intellectual property? Unintellectual property, I guess. Mm. Not not very smart property. De intellectual? The anti-intellectual property? Could be. Mm, interesting. Uh, 855-450-free is our phone number if you would like to give us a call and uh, talk about well whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. You're welcome to do so. We're intellectual. We're talking about Jeffrey Tucker. He's a smart guy. Well, we have been, uh, but we segued a little bit uh, from our last caller, and uh, he was talking about this contact tracing. And Oh, yeah. Creepy. I, I did happen to bring this in, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, I wanted to tell you about Liberty.menu. For years, libertarians of all stripes have wanted a directory of liberty-minded businesses. Well, we're helping build one. Liberty.menu. Liberty.menu is a tool for your community. At its core, it's a directory for events, businesses, and digital content, and more. 
Listings can be rated and reviewed, and there's a bit of a social network to it, so you can connect and share with others. Useofliberty.menu is exclusively for individuals who reject the initiation of force and those who agree to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. Put your voluntarist ideas into action at liberty.menu and use code FTL to get a special badge. That's liberty.menu. Yeah, I mean this whole contact tracing thing. That's the you know all these new 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 age or not new age, but uh, new tech. Yeah, the, these term this terminology that's been coming out. This kind of Orwellian doublespeak uh, terminology, social distancing, the new normal. Social distancing is anything but social. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, contact tracing. That's we're tracking you. Yeah. We're tracking you everywhere. Like two years ago, or Edward Snowden comes out, right? And people were rightfully upset finding out the invasiveness of what the federal government was doing. And now it's like, oh, yeah, we'd love to be told where we are and who's nearby and have the government monitoring this at all times. And they're starting this stuff. And I know we haven't even gotten into your story yet, but the stories I've seen about this, you're going to be covering what's happening in India. But the stories I've seen are like, well, okay. Apple's teaming up with Google. This is unprecedented. These companies are working together. They're teaming up to do contact tracing on all cell phones. But it's okay. It will be anonymous because you won't know no, it won't. where uh, you won't know when the app tells you, Captain, you've been uh, contacted. Or someone has con- you know come into contact with you that has COVID nineteen. Uh, well, it's supposedly not going to tell you who that person was or when it happened, in which case... What? That there, sounds useless. Why is it no valuable? Um, and you know they know, right? Like, So they know that in the, in the back end, they know that you know at this date and at this time on this street corner, somebody walked by you and they know exactly who it was. So I, why people aren't concerned about this, it just goes to show how far we've fallen from any, care, any concern for liberty or privacy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this type of technology, while it's new in its application towards stuff like COVID-19, for example, uh, it started, the seeds of this type of technology started with things like, you know, the sexual predator databases, right? Anybody who's a registered Mm. sex offender, you know, is in a database, they know where they live and all that kind of stuff. Some of these guys, uh, I I have an article about that for another time, uh, but some of these guys uh, have to have an app on their phone now uh, for, you know, when they're on like parole and that kind of a thing. And, And so... Uh, and it works horribly, and it I goes bet. horribly for the people as well. But we're we're seeing more and more of governments, you know, monkey see, monkey do. What one government does, another government will do. Mm-hmm. That whole social credit system that we saw in China, yeah, that's shades of this. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. So uh, this article is from Gizmodo, and it is focused uh, on India's mandated contact tracing app uh, is an invasive and insecure mess. According to the article, no matter how you feel about contact tracing, it's been openly embraced by federal authorities around the world. And just for our listeners... That's enough reason to be against it. Yeah, just for our listeners who don't know what contact tracing is, we should probably explain that, right? So what it is, is it's tracking your movements so that the government arguably can tell whether you've bumped into somebody that may or may not be infected with, well, in this case, COVID-19. Is, is the impetus that they're using to implement this right now. Uh, and they're suggesting that this, somehow that's information that's beneficial because then you could go get tested and see if you caught it, right. uh, so on and so forth. It's like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Hmm. So anyway, it's openly embraced by federal authorities around the world, from the UK to Germany to, well, you name it, as a way to curb the spread of the current pandemic. 
And while every country grapples with the... But it won't curb the spread of it. <laughs> no, it won't. Every country grapples with the long-term privacy implications. Uh-huh. Yeah. They even admit it. They're not grappling. Yeah, they're not grappling. They're just, oh, yes, please, please, may we have it? Yes, sir, may I have another? Well, some people are. We were out with a whole bunch of people who were grappling the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the firefly sense of the word. Yeah. Uh, the downloading of this sort of tracking tech onto their phone, one country, India, has drawn more than a few raised eyebrows over the app, which is reportedly not only invasive, but quickly becoming a mandatory download for millions of people currently residing mm. there. Uh, that's according to the new BuzzFeed News report about the app called uh, Aragoya Setu, literally a bridge to health in <laughs> Hindi. Uh, per the report, uh, though Indian authorities initially offered citizens the opportunity to opt in voluntarily, it's quickly becoming a required download for gig workers and federal officials alike. Surprise. Yeah. Hmm. You must. It's a must, not a may. Meanwhile... An independent analysis of the app by Gizmodo revealed that this increasingly mandatory app didn't only enable federal surveillance on a massive scale, but was a battery drainer mm, great. that opened these devices to a buffet of hacks as well. So, so it's crappy code as well. It's crappy code that. because mm. government you know, aren't software developers, and the software developers that are making this are you know, arguably sucking off the government teat because they're getting paid bank because they're making it for the government, mm-hmm. etc., and so on. So uh, this app initially rolled out in the start of last month and gained steam at a breakneck pace, reaching 50 million downloads in less than two weeks of its launch, with those numbers continuing to skyrocket as the month went on. Like many of the contact tracing apps we've seen internationally, the idea here was that people could download it voluntarily. Last month, India's prime minister sent out a tweet urging people to download the app, calling it an important step fighting a pandemic that claimed more than a thousand thousand lives across the country today. In India, where they have, what, a billion people there? Yeah, 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 they're definitely not. So that's literally one in a million. Not lacking for people. Uh, Since then, it looks like the country's stance on voluntary took a turn. This week, the app became a mandatory download for all central government officials in the region following reports from the previous week that multiple startups are requiring similar downloads for their employees. My God. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the worst part of well, all this is the corporate mandates that are coming down on people. And, the, and we've already yeah. we had two calls come in tonight uh, from people who were frustrated by this, who did not want to wear the guy was there was the gentleman in the dump truck. Yeah. Uh, and the other guy that worked at a car dealership. Neither of them want to. They don't see any benefit in wearing a mask at their job they would prefer not to and that's why i said you know just tell them you got a medical uh reason not to wear it and that should end the conversation right there yeah it certainly should and the fact that you if you're alone in a truck driving whether it's a dump truck or over the road or your own car yep why would you want to wear a mask? I see it happening all the time. I Ooh. do too. I see folks driving down the street with their masks Although, on. Although thankfully most people aren't driving around with masks on and when i was in walmart yesterday uh, it felt like the majority of the people in the store the customers at least did not have masks on um but that was just my my you know yeah my impression i yelled at a guy in walmart the other day i was really? going in one door and he wanted me to go with, go in the other door and i was just like viruses don't care about that stuff <laughs> nice. nice so you I'm walked gonna... in the the, uh, the wrong door anyway um no i didn't because they still have property rights right. yeah. but uh yeah. 
Um, I just told him it was stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I think it's important to say things. I mean, I, I don't think that those of us who think it's stupid should stay quiet. I think we should be kind, but also mm-hmm. let people know that we don't appreciate it. Yeah, and meanwhile, local sources have recently claimed that the federal officials are asking smartphone makers to pre-install the app onto devices. Oh, boy. Wow. 855-453. Like Freedom, give us a call. Do you want a mandatory app installed on your cell phone to trace you? There already are. Yep. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Monday night edition of Free Talk Live. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. And uh, we'll be taking your calls and your thoughts in just a moment. Uh, But first, I wanted to tell you about ForkFest 2020. Uh, We've had some some positive indications that this is still going to go on. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, well, it's a little far out yet as far as in terms of being... Not that uh, far. I mean, we're two months away. Uh, well, okay, two months away, but still. Uh, but we, you can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 29th until July 5th for ForkFest 2020 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. And I just want to make it very clear to our listeners that the most important thing you can do is to reserve your spot. Yep. Right? Get Go to Rogers Campground's website. You know, reserve your spot because they're really counting on that to help make this happen. They need to know that people are going to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. ForkFest happens the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and ForkFest is decentralized, which means no one is in charge. It also means there's no ticket cost. Just reserve your camping, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 29th until July 5th. Where better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire? I can't think of any any place I'd rather be. Hmm. You can simply relax and go camping with other Liberty lovers, or you can create whatever experience or event you would like others to have. And uh, I'm told that people will do some real creative stuff, so I'm looking forward to it. If you're planning an event for ForkFest, be sure to let others know in advance. You can connect with other ForkFesters via the unofficial Telegram chat or the ForkFest forum. Links to those are on the unofficial website, forkfest.party. That's forkfest.party. And uh, we've been talking about this article from Gizmodo, uh, where apparently in India, they're beginning to make uh, a contact tracing app mandatory uh, for at least uh, government workers and some other industries. Now, the app requires an India-based phone number currently to function, so while the writers of the article over at Gizmodo uh, were able to download the app, they couldn't uh, use it. They weren't able to see the personal information it siphoned firsthand. But according to the India-based financial newspaper Live Mint, users are asked to offer basic information like age, gender, health status, and a brief travel history, along with being told to allow the app to access their location data at all times. The app also permaflips the device's Bluetooth to constantly monitor their surroundings for other app downloaders and offers handy labels from low risk to high risk, depending on their proximity to someone that counted themselves as infected. 
Though we weren't able to try out the app, uh, the APK, that's software speak, is essentially a package detailing the nuts and bolts of the Android app. It is freely available, meaning that we can browse the exact permissions the app asks the folks that download it. Aside from asking for access to the downloader's entire contact list, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the app monitors their location at all times, even if it's running in the background. That's kind of the point. Aside from tracking this locale through the phone's internal GPS, the app also accesses what's known as the user's course location, which is pulled from data like Wi-Fi networks that they might be connected to at any given time. India is no stranger to federally funded surveillance tech, and the fact that this data is being funneled straight into the government's hands means that the location of millions will now be delivered straight into the already sprawling dossier India's government has on each and every citizen. It's coming here soon. Don't worry. Hmm. I know. Soon. And, and again, they could have already had your information. I mean, it's not like this information was very difficult for the government to attain. Uh, again, going back to uh, Edward Snowden in 2013, now, I mean, more than half a decade ago, uh, it was pretty obvious what he revealed was that the NSA could get, gather all kinds of info about you, whether legally or illegally. And if the government's doing something that's illegal, then it's rare that they're going to get caught for doing it. But in, in these cases, you're going to see that they're just going to legalize the things that they might have already been done oh, yeah, illegally. Sure. It, it's only illegal when you do them. It's not illegal mm-hmm. when they do them. Mm. Right. Uh, keep in mind that these are the same authorities that have, in the past, openly spoke about their right to freely snoop on the texts and calls on citizens' devices. This is also the same government that has been moving towards an increasingly disturbing form of Hindu nationalism that inflicts violence on its Muslim population. In other words, it's not the greatest environment for micro-targeted surveillance overreach to blossom. Well, I mean, no environment is going to be good, and no government is going to be good with this information. Yeah, uh, agreed. And They're they're not going to all of a sudden become trustworthy people just because they say... That they're, they're they're trying to help you. This is for uh, you know keeping people safe here. I mean, we got to have access to all this data because of safety. It's, yeah, it's sure it's totally violating your privacy, but yeah, who needs it's, that? Anyway? It's the same old chorus that we hear every time. The same thing that happened with nine eleven. It's for your safety. You know, if it just saves one life, Captain, shouldn't you just give up all your privacy? This it could just save one life. This app is the new version of. Do you remember the terror threat level grid? Oh yeah, or I the, uh, that, the, yeah. the alert level, the colors, yeah, right? right? Red, orange, yellow, green, and all it's that. It's probably stuff. still out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the app equivalent of that now. Uh, there's more on this article, and we can talk more. But uh, first, let's uh, get some of your calls and your thoughts on the matter. Uh, we're talking with Philip in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's listening to us on Twitch. Philip, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah, what's going on? Hey, Philip, what's going on? Oh, not much, man. You know, I was hearing how, how you were talking about the, the 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 privacy things about you know apps and data requests for your safety and you know, it's it's it really is kind of scary. Yeah, I know. I, I it it's more scary to me than the coronavirus. That's for sure. Oh, mm. definitely. Yeah, you know, you know the um, even things like Discord and Twitter um, have a high risk to collect your data, and they track you. You know, and it, and it really is kind of scary. You know, I was looking at this one app on the App Store. Um, uh, I, I forgot the name of it. What does it do? But essentially the function is is that with the app, you can slingshot niggers 
and the orbit. Nigger, nigger. You gotta, you gotta stop. Oh, nigger. LRN.FM. Yeah. You gotta be ready that's with the, the Twitch callers. I mean, they're almost guaranteed I, to do that. Yep. That's, so that's my bad. Hmm. <sighs> well, isn't that special? Yeah. Well, there's got to be a moron in every crowd. Sure does. That was ours for tonight. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So moving right along, uh, more on the article. Is it really going to tell us something we don't already know? Well, I don't know. Let's find out. Uh, there. Well, it causes the massive battery drain, obviously, because the Bluetooth is you know permanently on. Uh, opens folks up to more hacks. Uh, there's all sorts of reasons that contact tracing is unlikely to be the magic bullet some federal authorities are hoping for, and uh, lack of adoption is certainly a concern. Uh, mandating the download of an invasive, insecure app might halt the virus's spread to some degree, but it's no, far, far it more likely to get the people snooped on or hacked and even spammed. And when governments insist on ignoring proper security measures, it makes everyone wary of the most ethical of apps. Or even spammed, like that's the worst thing they mention. Indeed. 855-450 free like freedom. We'll take your calls and your thoughts, and we've got more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now with AnyPay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you get the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com. Live, the live Monday night edition, where we got about oh, another half hour or so left, and we've got time for your calls and your thoughts. Our toll-free number is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-3733. With you tonight in the studio, it's... It's Ian. And nobody. And myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. And I want to just take a minute and say thank you to... Joe. Joe is a gold-level amplifier for the Free Talk Live show. Uh, what that means is that Joe makes a donation every month to this particular program because he wants to see the ideas and things that we talk about here, the ideas of freedom, our perspective, get on more radio stations. And you can help with that, too, over at amp.freetalklive.com. There's uh, some benefits to doing the amplification process, if you will. Uh, there's some, uh, you know, secret club places where you can go online. Uh, and, you know, there's uh, some other little perks that you can find out more about over at amp.freetalklive.com. But uh, if you like this program, you like what we do, you like the perspective of freedom, and you want to help us get on more radio stations, you can do that and help us out over at amp.freetalklive.com. So thank you very much, Joe, for being a gold-level amplifier we really appreciate it. 
So, uh, Ian, you said that you had something tonight for show prep about uh, some snitcheroonies, some snitchels. Yeah, so there's a little bit of good news, uh, and that Did is... Did the snitches get ditches? Or stitches? Oh, I don't know if it's gone that far Are they yet. little bitches? Did they get stitches? They are definitely little bitches, uh, but I don't know if it has gone uh, to the point of retaliation against their snitching. But the story from the Daily Mail in the UK is that more than 900 Missouri residents who snitched out lockdown rule breakers are fearing retaliation after oh, their no. details have been leaked online. Yeah. So so uh, people who went to these government websites mm-hmm. to report their families, friends, neighbors uh, for violating some sort of social distancing thing mm-hmm. that they didn't like, uh, they somehow got their information leaked. They did. Well, that's a thing to uh, it's a thing to celebrate because snitches should fear. Hundreds of people have been exposed for reporting people who flouted social distancing rules, and some are now scared they could receive a backlash. The names and addresses of approximately 900 people in Missouri were released as part of a media request under the Sunshine Law, which allows for the release of information submitted to a public agency. Oh, interesting. That's so this, why they call it the show me state. So this isn't actually like I figured this was like some some good hackers that like went in and, and hacked a database. Is that like using FOIA? The yeah, state this is freedom. snitched it's the snitched the snitches. That's right. <laughs> it's a Freedom of Information Act request in, uh, in Missouri. In communist Missouri, the state snitches you out. In St. Louis County, uh, they'd urged the community to share details of anyone not following guidelines in response to the coronavirus pandemic and noted in the terms and conditions that the information may be shared publicly. Because, you know, nobody reads the terms and conditions, right? He no, does? I don't. Uh, however, some people may have, may not have the uh, read the small print, submitted tips via an online form and email form from the end of March. Many had asked for their communications to remain private. Still, the documents published online ended up being shared on social media, and one man, Jared Toch, helped spread it further as he posted it in a Facebook group. Quote, here you go, the gallery of snitches, busybodies, and employees who rat out their own neighbors and employers over the panic-demic. There must be a lot of very upset people named Karen in Missouri right now. <laughs> the complaints resulted in 29 businesses receiving citations in April, and now people are worried they may get fired as a result of reporting the company they work for. Or that other people may retaliate, and I hope they do. Yeah, no doubt. You're trying to shut the company you work for down. You need to be fired. Quote, I'm not only worried about COVID, I'm worried about someone showing up at my door, showing up at my workplace, or getting me fired for doing what is right, said a tipster named Patricia. Hey, you know what? No, that's not doing She's what's lying. right. She's lying. Her name's Karen. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Snitching on people is not doing what's right. It's true. Quote, when there's some, uh, something that happens next time, I'm not going to feel safe or protected enough to call the local authorities. Mission accomplished. Surprise, lady. You can't trust your government. Yeah. What a shock. Patricia, Wait till you find out the whole thing is a fraud. Patricia has lupus and two other people in her household have autoimmune diseases, which put them at high risk of getting seriously ill or dying if they contract coronavirus. Patricia, I just want to tell you, if you're listening, that... The government has itself ruled time and time again that it has no responsibility, no duty to protect you at all on any level. That's military. That's police. It has no responsibility, no duty to protect you at all, period. The only thing they protect is politicians and the corporations. Yep. 
Patricia went on to say, We live in a society where doing what's right doesn't always get rewarded. We have to be extra careful because we don't have the strength to fight this. I saw a lot of businesses that were non-essential that were open and had lines outside. Parking lots filled as if the order didn't matter to them. And that was kind of frustrating. So she well, maybe them you all. should go hide in a cave somewhere, Patricia, if you're so afraid. Patricia, who didn't want her last name mentioned, said in a video What's interview. What's her last name? It uh, doesn't say. Said in we a video should, we interview. We should look at the uh, at, at that printout and find out that the uh, she believes the personal information should have been redacted. And then they go on to talk about the number of cases and so on and so forth. Yeah, Patricia. You're a sad excuse for so a human. So th- thanks to whoever it was that filed the Freedom of Information Act request <laughs> yeah. uh, in this particular case. I do occasionally enjoy when uh, it's possible to you know, do something creative like that, to was, use the system against itself. It was apparently this Jared Tosh guy, so to give him uh, credit where credit's due, he said, quote, if they're worried about retaliation, they should have read the fine print, which stated their tips would be open public record, subject to a sunshine request. And should not have submitted the tips in that manner to begin with. He said, I released the info in an attempt to discourage such behavior in the future. Asked how he felt about someone possibly losing their job because their email was published. Toch said, or Toch was under the impression it would be deserved. Quote, I'd call it poetic justice, instant karma, a dose mm-hmm. of their own medicine. What goes around comes around. They're now experiencing the same pain that they themselves helped to inflict on those they filed complaints against. If any of you know Jared Toch, please buy him a beer for me. I'm happy to reimburse you. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Jared Totch, thank you for your service. All Kudos. Right. Well, uh, let's go to some of your calls and your thoughts. Uh, we've got Jet calling from the USH. And uh, if my memory is correct, uh, I invented that term on Saturday. Uh, that is the United States of Hysteria. <laughs> Jet, that's, what, Jet what's a, on your mind? That's right. That's that's why I use that. Um I'm sorry I didn't call in earlier. I keep I keep forgetting. I was out mowing a stupid lawn. We've uh, been waiting and, for uh, you. Yeah. Just right. I know. Sitting I've been, been wanting to play. Uh, yeah. I've been wanting to play the game. Let's play Say No Gov. Anyway, <laughs> do that thing. Maybe next Maybe next week. What's on your mind today? But I, wanted to talk, but I wanted to talk today about borders and kings. I'm hoping that this whole thing will help people understand the stupidity of these things we call borders mm-hmm. and the governors of those borders and things like that because it's 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 just so silly about how one is opening one is closing one is doing this one is prohibiting that one is saying okay i mean it, it people should start to realize i think that that these these crazy people these so-called i don't know tyrants what do you want to call them are just just other people mm-hmm. But what I wanted to really talk about was uh, to ask your listeners, how does, how does your neighbor become king? In other words, they, they decide you know, that they're going to get some signatures and get on a ballot and then, and then get voted for, and maybe 15% of all people you know, around them actually voted for this person. I'm your that's, king. I didn't vote for you. That's what I'd love to hear what people think because everyone seems to just want to bow down to these people mm. yeah it's it's a sad state of affairs and we thank you for the call jet um it is interesting how when people do become these political rulers uh how few people actually you know have voted them into power more coming up this is free talk live
Heading into the final segment of the live Monday night version of Free Talk Live. The live call-in radio program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about, well, whatever you'd like to talk about. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. And that's the perspective that we try and keep. Uh, you know, if we have an agenda here at Free Talk Live, it's all about freedom and uh, what it takes to achieve it. How do you get it? How do you know when you have it? How do you know when you've lost it? And uh, what goes on in the world that makes that go round or otherwise disappear? With you tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody. And uh, Ian, you said you had another bit for show prep about some business owners and how they get screwed out of their freedom. Well, I mean, not not specifically their freedom, but uh, because they chose to enter into an agreement with the government in this particular case. So this is more of like a I told you so. Yeah, this is an I told you so moment where, you know, we could have predicted this story was going to come at some point when when the government gang, the federal gang was announcing, we got all this free money. It's free forgivable loans. You just do what we say with the loans and then it'll all be forgiven. Sign this paperwork right here. Right. And so there were actually people who, like, and I don't remember who they were, but people like within our sphere, yes, who were talking about, well, free money, free money from the government. Why shouldn't we take it? And while I'm not, a, I'm not opposed on principle. Like I, I agree with what nobody has said previously. Like if the government's going to give you some money, and it's no big deal to take it. Then there's nothing inherently wrong with you taking it. It's your money anyway yeah, that they take, stole take from you in the beginning, and they are a criminal gang, and they're going to give it to somebody, whether yep. it be you know people making bombs that you know explode over innocent people in the Middle East, or it goes into your bank account. So like I don't blame somebody for doing this. And with the money that just showed up in somebody's bank account for the twelve hundred bucks, well, there was no agreement with that, so like no big deal. But with a loan. You're enter- you are specifically asking them, you're coming to the government and saying, I'd like some of that. Yep. And then they're going to say, well, here, here you go. You can have it, but you got to do A, B, C, X, Y, and Z in order to make sure you can get it forgiven. Terms and conditions <laughs> may apply. And I said, I said, you know, a few weeks ago, you don't want to get into bed with the devil. It's going to... It's not going to be a fun time. There are some ways that I would like to. For example, one of my one of the things on my bucket list mm-hmm. is to uh, is to get a, a loan from the National Endowment for the Arts so that I can write a book called "You Dumb Bastards" about how the <laughs> National Endowment for the Arts shouldn't have given me the money. Um, <laughs> that is artistic. So, that just a couple artistic. of examples here from a story published in the New York Times. When a $192,000 loan from the federal government's small business aid program arrived in his bank account last month, George Evangelou, the founder of a custom woodworking company, felt like one of the lucky ones. Under the program's rules, Mr. Evangelou has eight weeks from the day he received the cash to spend it. But nearly three weeks after the clock Wait, started... there was a clock on how fast you had to spend it? Get, get ready. There's rules attached to this money. It's Surprise. supposed to be right, a, I'm sorry, a spending stimulus. Uh, but nearly three weeks after the clock started for him on April 14th, he hasn't used a penny. His quandary? 
If Mr. Evangelou wants to, the loan to be forgiven, he must spend three quarters of it paying the 16 workers he laid off from his business, Urban Homecraft, in Brooklyn in late March. That sounds like a great investment. But bringing his workers back now, when they can't work in their fabrication shop or install woodwork in their clients' homes won't help his business. And if New York City remains shut when his eight weeks are up in mid-June, Mr. Evangelou would have to lay off his employees again, something he wants to spare them. Right. The government, quote, has made this so hard to use, he said. It starts to feel like a lose-lose situation, unquote. Oh, no, government... government uh... Uh, activities are always win-lose. They win, you, you lose. lose. Yep, yep. The $660 billion Paycheck Protection Program was meant to extend a lifeline to small business uh, small businesses battered by the pandemic, allowing them to keep employees on the payroll. But it has been dogged by problems. Countless small businesses couldn't get money, and hundreds of millions of dollars instead flowed to publicly traded companies. Uh, by the way, a few of whom made major headlines by giving back the money that they received and like the steak you see the the steak shack or whatever shake shack uh, stories god can you imagine how little advertising they could have bought for the 10 million dollars that they gave back instead they just gave back this 10 million dollars and probably got hundreds of millions of dollars worth of Mm. advertising from it but are they open uh, presumably, if they're a bit well, of their restaurant. To go or yeah. uh, now, many of the small businesses that did get loans are sitting on the money, unsure about whether and how to spend it. That's compromising the effectiveness of a program meant to help stabilize the country's reeling economy. Some owners don't see the point of hiring back workers when business is so slow. Others chafe at having to use the money within eight weeks when they would like to keep the financial cushion for longer. And many of the owners are confused about whether they have any flexibility. They would rather use the cash to retool their operations for an altered world or buy protective equipment for the workers, but the rules require them to spend it on specific expenses like payroll. Owners also say they're afraid of running afoul of the program's rules, which are complicated. No. Really? I can't can't imagine. Uh, Ambiguous and still evolving. Accountants, lawyers, and lenders are struggling to understand the nuances in offering clients tentative guidance. Wait, so so people have taken these loans and the rules surrounding the loans about what they can and can't do, when they can and can't do it, are still being written? They don't understand them. Number one, lawyers and accountants are still trying to figure it out. So, like, they don't really know what they're wow. doing. Uh, it's chaos, said Howard Burkauer, a New York lawyer who advises his corporate clients. He said, quote, it's impossible for businesses to have any degree of comfort that they're following the rules when the rules are still being written. And this goes back to what I said before. You get into bed with these people. Yep. Don't be surprised if they change the rules on you, even if you do your best to jump through all the, uh, the arbitrary hoops that they put up yep there are people who benefit from interacting with government but as george carlin said it's a great big club but you're not in it it. and you never will be the two trillion dollar cares act isn't that a great acronym they care about you it's a horrible acronym and generally when governments use acronyms that sound like that they mean the opposite yeah patriot Mm. act remember that one unpatriotic most unpatriotic thing ever which created the program specifies that small businesses generally those with fewer than 500 employees can use the loan money to pay employees but also for rent utilities or interest payments the loans will be forgiven they claim if they are spent on those expenses within eight weeks and the business keeps paying the same number of employees at the same rate 
as it did before the pandemic. The Treasury Department and Small Business Administration, however, added a restriction. For a loan to be forgivable, businesses have to spend at least 75% of it on payroll. Otherwise, the rules say the borrower will pay interest of 1% on any portion of the loan that is not forgiven. So if you make a make an error and you give 74% of it mm-hmm. to your employees, guess what? You've got all that debt. You gave the money away. Right. And now you have to pay for it. And great plan. And the government took that money from you in the form of taxation. Yeah, sure. And now is loaning it back to you. And if you don't follow their specific guidelines, they're going to tax you again right. on the money and, that they've and already. And people don't understand yeah. why we need AR-15s. Yeah. This is why we need AR-15s. So your business can then go under, as it probably would have anyway. And now you'll still, you know, be on the hook for a hundred and however many thousand dollars, yeah, and one percent or more. So what's unclear is what happens if borrowers keep all the money as a loan to be used later, or the or if they must spend the entire sum within eight weeks with an economic turnaround, perhaps months away. Take Jody Burns, the owner of Blaze and Fresh Donuts in Guilford, Connecticut. Ms. Burns could use the loan she got, an amount under fifty thousand, to hire back her eight employees, but she'd be paying most of them to stay home since the bakery is only open 12 hours a week these days she would prefer to hold on to the cash beyond the eight weeks her hope is it becomes a low interest loan that she can use for payroll and rent when her shop is open longer but she doesn't know whether she can do that she's called the local sba office the government that gave her the loan the small business advisory organizations a law firm and her lender to ask for guidance but no one has given her any assurances and if they do It's not in writing anyway. Mm -hmm. Moreover, having signed documents requiring her to use the funds for purposes allowed under the Paycheck Program's rules, Ms. Burns is nervous about misusing them. She says, I don't accidentally want to commit bank fraud, she said. So how many of these business owners are going to screw up whatever these arbitrary rules are and end up facing criminal charges? It's government. Here, have some. You wanted their money. You get their rules. (sighs) Well, we're out of time for today. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Thanks to all of our callers. Just yeah, say no to government. nobody. Thanks to you guys. Uh, we're here seven com. days a week. Yeah, visit electnobody.com, freetalklive.com, and lcaptainkickass.com. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. The Free State Project has reached its goal of 20,000 liberty lovers who've pledged to move to New Hampshire and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Perhaps you're trying to figure out what part of New Hampshire should be your destination. If so, consider Keene. You'll find more than 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com. Keene is famous for its historic, publicity-generating activism, as well as being the liberty media capital of the world. It's home to freekeene.com, New Hampshire's destination for liberty activism, news, and opinion. For years, we've been compiling over 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com, where you'll learn about some of what's happening here and what makes Keene a great place to live. If you love liberty, you'll probably enjoy anywhere you end up in the Shire. But do your due diligence first. Please visit move.freekeen.com for the full list of over 150 reasons to move to Keene. That's move.freekeen.com.